There's exactly one month left to secure your ticket for our retail media conference, Remade. We've announced the team from David Jones as among our speakers, sharing their new journey into retail media. Come to Sydney on October the 11th to hear from the most authoritative voices that the retail media world has to offer. Go to remade.net.au now. Start the week with Unmade. Setting the agenda for the week in media and marketing. Today, dissecting Nine's retail media plans. Rough seas ahead for publishers. And AI starts making the ads. Unmade. It's Monday, the 11th of September. I'm A Beauty, and good morning, Tim Burrows. Good morning, Abe. How are you? Very well, thanks. You're back in Tassie after a busy week last week. Oh, look, it was super hectic. Yeah, I um, I, I, I had a quick 24-hour flying visit to Sydney for the upfronts, and I'm looking at similar this week as well, although actually it's a, it's a bit of a longer trip, but there's a lot to jam in. We've got the IAB Measure Up Conference. We've got Independence Day, which is where all of the independent uh, media publishers um, all come together to kind of spruik their wares. There's YouTube Brandcast on Thursday evening. And then our media are doing Ignite, which is their version of Upfronts in Sydney on um, Friday lunchtime. So an awful lot going on. And how was your weekend? A good weekend, although I, uh, I'll, I'll see your travel and, and raise the stakes. I was in Queensland earlier in the week for some, a media conference and then flew back to Tassie via Port Lincoln. So Adelaide, Port Lincoln, regional South Australia. So spent, I think I did eight flights in five days and I was in the, a few different Qantas lounges right, ironically, right when the Qantas news was breaking. It's kind of bizarre to be in the lounges watching the TV about how bad Qantas is in the Qantas lounge. But uh, moving on from my escapades, a couple more voices joining us this morning. Good morning to our producer, Sedja Alzadi. How are you, Sedja? Good morning, Abe. I'm excellent. Although I told Tim this morning, I think I consumed way too much Shibley over the weekend. <laughs> Uh, and you had a busy week last week as well. You're at the nine upfronts. I was, yeah, that's right. I went with Tim. It was my very first upfront. We'll get onto that shortly. And uh, also joining us uh, on start the week for the first time is Kat McGinn. Kat leads the content on Unmade's events, including Humane, which looked at AI in the marketing industry, and the forthcoming Remade, which you may have heard about, covering retail media. Hello, Kat. Good morning. Now, Sedja, you mentioned about the upfronts. What, what have you been up to? Well, on Friday, a couple of days after the upfronts, I was actually at the Women in Media Conference and Breakfast. Uh, it was, you know, rather platitude heavy and sort of atypical in what was discussed on the panels as far as women's conferences tend to go, you know, body positivity, economic equality, that sort of thing. But I very much appreciated Ida Butrose's keynote. She you know, had this extraordinary sort of old school vivaciousness to her. And that was really brilliant. But there was one really interesting line that I heard from Kirsty Muddle, uh, the CEO of Tensu Creative. She was on a panel and she said something like, advertising and communications is more influential in society than policy. I found that to be certainly a fascinating point to dwell on. But Kat is my fellow woman on the podcast today. So I want to know what you think about that, Kat. 
what the communications industry is greater is communicating. So in that sense, I think there is a, a great deal more influence from the marketing and media industry than there is from government policy, which often I think government misses the, the mark on its communication strategy. So perhaps Kirsty model is right. Uh, well, we'll start this week with upfront season, which we've mentioned, which has now kicked off. Tim, you and Sedja were both there. What are your thoughts on Nine's event? Upfronts used to be pretty simple. The TV networks would tell the advertisers what was coming up and if they liked what they heard, the advertisers would make a commitment for the coming year. Now, though, media companies have to be cleverer and work harder just to stand still. For nine, that means launching a retail media offering and an AI-driven self-service platform for the small end of town. It's big brain stuff. Let's start there then. The retail media platform is called RetailX. Kat, you're our resident retail media expert. Nine doesn't own a retail media network, so how will this fit into the ecosystem? Well, what Nine does have is its first-party customer data, which is a really key um, key component of creating that retail media network. And I think what is happening is this use of partners to create an ecosystem which enables them to, to connect with customers across that whole journey. Um, I mean, I will say that the strength of retail media is often to reach customers while they're actively looking to purchase. So it does start to beg the question, if they're if they're trying to consume content on Nine's platforms, uh, what is the experience when we're interrupting that? Um, but, you know, if they can nail the measurement piece and make sure that there's that standardized um, measurement across the whole of the journey, and they're really capitalizing on the multi-device behavior that we see in consumers these days, um, then I think, you know, retail media is media. And so they're so well placed to, to capitalize on that. So, Tim, your predictions, will it work? To a certain extent. And I think the big question is how much of an extent. So this strategy isn't that far from what we saw News Corp announce um, right at the start of the year. You know, this, this, this sort of missing part at the top end of the marketing funnel, um, when you're not a retail media network yourself, but you've got lots of good first-party data. Um, so, you know, we're we, we really um, seeing a very similar, you know, kind of principle of what Nine are looking to do and what um, News Corp is looking to, uh, looking to do or already doing. Um, and then I think one thing to also look out for is I listened to the MI3 podcast over the weekend and they were talking to Michael Stevenson, who heads up um, Nine's revenue and advertising efforts. And he just had an interesting line. He talked about the possibility of M&A, mergers and acquisition in the future. Yeah, so I think that'll be the missing piece of the chain for Nine will be they will want to own their own retail media network. Tim, you also mentioned the launch of uh, Nine Ad Manager. What's that? Yeah, look, I think it's intentional that the terminology is much the same. You know, this is a a direct head-to-head competitor with the likes of what 
Meta does through uh, Instagram and Facebook, what Alphabet does through Google, and even you know what the likes of TikTok do do as well. So sounds a bit like Facebook ad manager and Google ad manager. Yeah, you're right. It's very similar to that, and I'm sure that that's deliberate because it's it's trying to play in that same space that Meta and Facebook are with 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 Instagram as well. Um, the same space that Alphabet through 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 Google and and and, and TikTok too. Um, So the idea is that this will be a self-service platform generating ads automatically um, that can then run on BVOD, Broadcast Video On Demand, so on Nine Now. Um, So there are a couple of um, examples or use cases demonstrated at the event. Um, The first one, which I I think captured people's imagination the most, was the example of Fratelli, which is a... um, a New South Wales based restaurant chain they've got a few sort of uh, a few outlets including one that was round the corner from the venue so the idea being that you could uh, uh, upload some photos of the uh, the restaurant uh, maybe f- the information from the website would be enough to kind of then generate a script which would then be automatically voiced by the AI and then where it gets clever is how it could then be targeted so uh, for instance you know that restaurant could look at um uh which fans might be coming along to look at sport um at the 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 nearby kind of um sports grounds um and then target their postcodes you know just ahead of their trip so that they can kind of be in mind when people are trying to decide where to have dinner afterwards um and then the other super interesting example which just feels like a no-brainer is real estate um, now, Nine already is the majority owner of Domain, so it's got this kind of routine. And the idea would be that um, a real estate agent would be able to upload all of the data they've already got, the images, the description of a particular property, create that video. And then, of course, you know, again, it can be targeted to the appropriate postcodes. And where this is super elegant as a solution is I think the real estate agents would be clipping the ticket. Um, it would actually be the vendor themselves who who are paying for it. So this feels like um, a really clever and obvious use. Um, but um, but Abe, I know we you know we 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 talked about this last week when um, we didn't know quite as much as it. It was something that Nine had alluded to during their investor updates. Um, you were. Uh, a little bit cynical about it. Yeah, and I mean, my whole thing with AI content creation is just because you can doesn't mean you should. And for me, I come from an audio and voiceover perspective. I've heard I've heard all the platforms that have done Australian voices, and they're great. But the thing that I think, and a lot of clients tell me, is that they're not quite real, and so therefore all that authenticity and engagement is lost. You're listening to it, and deep down, you know, something's not quite right. And so, yes, you can do it instantly with AI, but it doesn't mean you should if within two or three hours you can get a real human doing it. I'm just wondering whether in, in, an, in an age where information and content is everywhere, if chasing authenticity really is actually what should be done to really make ads that work. And I get it, you can make a real estate ad. And in fact, a lot of them now are writing the copy with AI and have you know images that are nicely put together. But I think as soon as you're adding the audio and a voiceover that's not human, that's when it becomes not human. And for me, that's that would be my question. I'm not your cat. Do you have any? <laughs> I've um, I've switched sides recently. I'm I'm 
more concerned than ever about the content that is flooding the internet, AI-generated content, the overall impact on customer trust, the ecosystem, what the future of media ends up looking like. And honestly, I have yet to see something that's been completely AI generated with no human edit that would, I would say, pass the, the sort of basic standard of, is this how we would want to represent a brand? So what did Nine have to say about the Olympics, Tim? Was the Olympics even mentioned? <laughs> yeah, that was one of the running jokes at the uh, at the event. Was um, uh, 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 after the formalities over in uh, in the Horden Pavilion, everybody then went through to the Hall of Industries, where it was a big and I have to say, for you know, a, a an introvert like me, very loud after party. But everybody you'd go up to would make the same joke. So, do you think they've got the Olympics? Because uh, yeah, the uh, the first I'd say almost forty minutes of the show were kind of uh, calling to country, and then um, then talking about the Olympics. That was that that was very much the beginning, you know. Really emphasising the fact that um, they've got it across all platforms. So um, one of the most interesting things which has has, has come out since is um how much this is all going to cost now um what 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 what's a matter of public record is that um between now and 2032 when the Brisbane Olympics come along um nine have got all the rights and they're paying uh, i think it's 305 million if i remember rightly now just for this event which is uh Paris 2024 nine nine is asking for its top tier which is its torch package 12.5 million dollars uh and then next down is its flame package million dollars which of course is a big stretch when on the one hand we've got this new self-service ad platform where you can come in as an advertiser from 500 bucks to 12.5 million uh for the olympics but you can start sort of doing the maths and see how nine is hoping to make the olympics um if not paid directly then at least kind of you know come close to breaking even on it because they're they're hoping for 15 sponsors um at that level Sergio, what was your main takeout from the upfronts? I swear, I feel like sometimes with total curmudgeon when I come on here, but it was my first upfront. It was an extraordinary audiovisual experience, but I did find it rather repetitive. They were talking incessantly in this sort of vague, highfalutin sense about Nine's valued consumers, the broad appeal of their content, but I just felt like any other network could lay claim to the exact same thing. The parts that were great were when they were going really in-depth about their unique offerings. Um, But aside from that, yeah, it was this broad-brush valorization of the network's place in Australia, which, again, you know, SBS could say the same thing, ABC could, Network 10, and so on. I think I might push back on that a little bit, Sedja. You know, one of the things about this sort of event is it is a sales pitch, and... um, Yes, everybody is along to see a big show and they do see a big show. But, you know, the price of all of that champagne is sitting through the advertising pitch that comes first. Next is doomsday approaching for the news media bargaining code. Let's look at this morning's Australian Financial Review. The expiry date is approaching for the negotiations struck with Facebook under the news media bargaining code. Tim, 
Where do you think Facebook's head is at? Facebook's head is already going through the exit door. If a head goes through the exit door ahead of the rest of the body. Um, now, uh, Facebook was basically forced to uh, do these deals with the publishers nearly three years ago. It was under the threat of being designated under the um, the news media bargaining code, which then would have forced them to go into kind of formal arbitration. So just as Google did, um, Facebook went and did these deals directly with publishers. But they're, they're going to expire fairly soon. And all of the signals are that Facebook is going to get out of that game. So... Um, We've seen the amount of um, referrals um, uh, for publishers really fall this year. Um, there's a piece in the AFR this morning. Um, very uh, one of those words plummeted. It's a it's one of those words that only seems to get used in headlines rather than everyday conversation. Headline in the AFR: Facebook traffic to news publishers has plummeted. 50% this year. Now that is because Facebook is intentionally deprioritizing the amount of news that is available um, on the platform um, so that when they, they, they go for the great switch off, as I think they will in a few months time, it's um, a lot less uh, a, a lot less noticeable. It's a really elegant move on Facebook's part to have used this content to build their audience over the past few years and then deprioritize it, alter the algorithm so that no one is accessing news anymore and then say, wow, look, it's terribly sad that nobody wants this. It's uh, masterful. Still with the AFR, Treasurer Jim Chalmers won't lead the negotiations. Yeah, this one also in the AFR. Um, what we saw last time round was there was a lot of political capital expended by the Australian government, the coalition government at the time. So that was Scott Morrison as prime minister and Josh Frydenberg as treasurer. Um, they really put themselves in the publisher's camp. They were super interested. They were super committed. Um, I think at the time it suited Josh Frydenberg to, to kind of be a friend of the publisher's. Um, we're seeing less interest, I think, from the Australian government this time round. Um, doesn't seem a particular passion point, certainly not for Anthony Albanese or um, Michelle Rowland, the communications minister, or, you know, she. somebody said to me a little while back, she just doesn't care about this. Um, and similarly, Jim Chalmers. Now, he actually has declared a conflict of interest. So he'll be handing it across to um, his number two, Stephen Jones, um, on the grounds that um, Jim Chalmers' wife, Laura Chalmers, is an editor working for News Corp uh, in Queensland. So, um, so yeah, so it's being, um, it, 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 it's being tuned down, I suppose. And what all of that means is there is this drumbeat that this money is not going to come back. So depending how you estimate it, that's probably $100 million that, will not be dropping for publishers next year. Um, the the the, the move music seems to be that Google is coming back, and that was the bigger deal, but Facebook is not coming back. So at some point soon, these big media companies, particularly the ones on the ASX, are going to have to make some really tough decisions. And it it feels to me like that's going to be bad for journalism jobs. Well, the world's changed a bit since the previous negotiations, though. Cat AI is now part of the backdrop, and News Corp's boss Robert Thompson talks about that in this morning's Australian. 
Yeah, it's a, it's it's quite a sad um, moment. You know, I think the thing that he said that was was really sort of insightful was he said it's not just jobs that are lost, it's insight that's lost, because I guess that human dimension of being able to uh, understand the context and make those connections is something that AI is just not quite capable of. It doesn't quite have that kind of logical, deductive um, power yet. I mean, give it five minutes. I'm sure we'll be there soon. But seeing this this announcement from Zuckerberg saying that AI recommended content from accounts you don't follow is the fastest growing form of content, that just sounds like a nightmare, doesn't it? I know exactly what you mean about those suggested ads. I, I can't help clicking, but then I kind of try to fight the algorithm by after I've clicked and wasted five minutes going in and clicking on not interested in this ad irrelevant and block this advertiser in the hope that at least it won't show up again you're you're sort of trying to stem the tide with your your manual override I'm afraid the uh, the deluge is already in full full spate next everything you need to know about our upcoming retail media conference remade Made. We're now just a month away from Remade. This is our second time. It's our contribution to helping build the retail media community. Now, Kat, we have to make the most of the fact that you're here with us on the podcast today. Tell us about the programme. Well, it's um, it's extraordinary, really, to consider that we, we ran this event for the first time in March and already, you know, six months on, we've got so much new information. There are new case studies. I'm really excited that we, we have David Jones Amplify talking about their journey into retail media transformation. And then there's a sort of bookending approach with the warehouse group who are two years into their retail media journey, talking about really kind of optimizing this omni-channel experience, which has been a kind of holy grail for marketers for, for many years. And then we've got Brand Crush, Coles 360 and Cartology on the leadership panel. They'll be talking about their perspective around what's what's changed, what's coming down the pipe. And um, of course, Colin Lewis, who will be um, kicking us off with um, a presentation about marketplaces and how to understand better the way that um, companies like Amazon are really changing the whole um, retail experience from supply chain through to kind of fulfillment and the customer experience it's going to be i think it's going to be a really jam-packed insightful and interesting day remade is in sydney on wednesday october the 11th get your tickets at remade.net.au and that's it for today we'd love to hear what you think at letters at unmade.media. That's letters at unmade.media. Sejin will be back tomorrow with Choose Data looking at the current state of streaming. Don't forget, if you want to support Unmade, you can become a paying member. Go to unmade.media to find out how. Today's podcast was produced by Sejin Alzadi and edited with the usual enthusiastic support of Abe's Audio. See you next time. Toodle pip. Unmade. Podcast edit by Abe's Audio.